Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So every year growing up, the night before the first day of school, when we were all excited and giddy and wouldn't be able to sleep anyway, my dad would enact the same ritual with his three girls, my sisters and I. He would come into our bedrooms and sit at the end of our bed and ask us three questions. What's your job? We'd say, to learn. What's your teacher's job? To teach. How can you make you and your teacher's job easier? Ask questions, we'd say. Sometimes we wouldn't even let dad finish his sentence. And ask questions we did. Because of my father, we knew that questions didn't mean we were slow or left behind. Asking questions was doing our job as a student, and in fact, it was even helping our teacher do their job as well. I've been thinking a lot about those memories and about questions as I prepared to serve here at St. Paul's with you. I have a lot of questions, and I have a lot to learn. And as the staff here has been quick and gracious to remind me, there's no such thing as a stupid question. And, and as I listen to the two lessons for today from the prophet Isaiah and the Gospel of John, I can't help but think that questions, questions that change us and transform us, ask a little bit more of us than just curiosity. See, Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes to Jesus with a question. It's a big one. It's the question at the heart of all the Gospels. Who are you? Who is Jesus? But you'll notice that Nicodemus doesn't ask this question. <laughs> He starts from what he knows. He starts from his authority as a Jewish leader and says, we know, we know you are a teacher from God. Nicodemus doesn't ask the question, but Jesus hears it anyway. And you'll notice too, when Nicodemus gets around to asking questions, He's still, he's still coming at it from what he knows. He asks, how can these things be? Given what I know about the world and how it works, how can the things you're saying be true? 
Have you ever been in a classroom or maybe a public lecture or a city council meeting and they open the floor to questions and answers and someone stands up with a question that's not really a question? It's maybe like a mini lecture or if it's a question, it's, it's trying to squeeze what has been said into, into their own worldview. Does that ever happen? <laughs> you ever heard that? Nicodemus reminds me of that. And he reminds me of myself. How often do I ask questions, not necessarily with openness to the answer, but kind of to show off what I already know? How often do I start from my knowledge or seminary training and try to squeeze the most incomprehensible of all, the gospel, God, the Trinity, and, and, and squeeze it into a framework I already know, a framework I can grasp. And then there's Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. This, this passage is Isaiah's call story. And in it, he's, he's just blasted with this great and terrifying vision. There's flying beasts and, and a great big throne and a billowing robe and the Lord of hosts right there in front of him. And if that's not enough, the cr loud crying out, it, it's shaking the place and the room fills with smoke and confronted with this awesome and awful and overwhelming experience, all Isaiah can do is say, woe, woe is me. All he can see is his own unworthiness in the face of God. But then, then, through a live coal held by a winged seraph and touched to his lips, all that's holding Isaiah back, the identities he's clinging to, the knowledge he thinks he knows, all of that is stripped away. And it's in that moment that he hears the question that will change everything. The very voice of God saying, whom shall I send? And it's all Isaiah can do. All he has left in his being is the response, here am I. Send me. How often is it that I am so focused on the questions I have of God, about God, that I forget to listen for the questions God has for me. How often is it that, as my professor of Christian Ed would say, we're, we're so focused on teaching and learning and knowing about God that we forget to focus on knowing God? or even with each other. How often is it that we're so fixated on, on questions that we can ask because we're curious to know about someone 
that we don't sink into the deeper questions, the silence, the listening, the openness that's required to know one another. There's this theory about faith, that, that, that faith is the seeking of answers to life's ultimate questions. But what if, what if faith is the question itself? Who will go for God? Who will go for God into the places that have not felt God's presence, into the lonely, dark nights, and the people forgotten huddled there? Who will step into the unknowing, reaching for the unknown? We, like Isaiah and Nicole, we are stripped by the waters of baptism, by the fiery flame of the Holy Spirit. We stand naked and dripping before God with all those identities we've been clinging to for our sense of worthiness, all that we thought we knew, all of our hang-ups and screw-ups, all of that stripped away. And in that moment of baptism, faith comes to us as a series of questions. Do you? Will you? And behind those questions, at the heart of those questions, is one big one. Who will go for God? Whom shall I send? I will, with your help. Here am I. Send me. Once in, in, an, in a job interview, after a long series of stressful questions, after trying to squeeze myself into the answers that I thought my interviewers wanted to hear, we got to what I knew was the final question. And the, and the tension in the room kind of released a little bit. My interviewer turned to me smiling and said, so, what's the question we didn't ask you that you were hoping we might? And in that moment, I was like, okay, this is another hurdle. Maybe it's a trick question. <laughs> but I slowly realized that it was an opportunity, a gift. It was a chance to say what I had been hoping to say, to be who I had hoping to, been hoping to be, to be heard and known. It was a moment to entertain the possibility that there's a question out there that I am the answer to. So this is my question for you. It's the same question. And... Uh, it's so my question for you this morning and the next two months, and you can hear it and think about it and get back to me. What's the question you're longing to be asked? What's the question you're hoping that I'll ask you beyond how's it going, where are you from? 
the question that you're hoping I might ask you because maybe no one else has yet. And for all of us, for this church, what's the question God is already asking that we are the answer to? Because here, here are we. Amen.